This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very big one welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry weekend podcast for some exciting racing this weekend. My name's Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk and always as my counterpart is John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot on Facebook. Good well, evening. It's, uh, yes, good evening, John. Um, lovely to hear from you again. Um, we've got a fantastic uh, card this weekend uh, for jumps racing fans, the finale in effect of uh, a very uh, interesting national hunt season. Um, and... Also, we have races at Leicester that we're going to cover for you. The King Richard III race. Everyone loves a good good King Richard III on, on, a, on a Saturday night after a curry, don't they, John? Absolutely. <laughs> and there's also a race that uh, Haydock will be covering also as part of um, what we fancy for this weekend. And obviously, you can go and press the pink button on Betfair of any of our fancies. So, onwards and upwards. We have uh, a certain few questions this week and some good points. Um, Ian, I'll start with Ian Davis, who's a good listener to the show. And he says, should historic national hunt races with iconic original sponsors keep their race titles? I.e., should the Bet365 Gold Cup tomorrow be the Whitbread, uh, the Mackerson, the Hennessy, etc., etc.? If only to annoy current sponsoring online bookmaking firms, who have who have Bardy and Davies from having a bet, John? I'm inclined to agree with him. Um, I mean, the thing is that the Hennessy will always be the Hennessy. Tomorrow will always be Whitbread Day. I don't care who's going to sponsor it tomorrow. It's yeah. the Whitbread, you know. I mean. It's, you can't talk to anybody in racing that doesn't refer to it as a whip bread. And I think if if you did keep the name, I think it, it, it's adding a bit of value to the people who do sponsor these races. But let's let's refer about it quite a long period of time, you know. Um, I mean, God knows how long corals have done the eclipse, you know. But I mean, that's always going to yeah. be the coral eclipse, isn't it? You know. Um, so I think Ian makes a very, very good point there. Um, and <clears throat> these, these new race titles, like when you lost the Stewards Cup that year, you know, and it was a 32 red or whatever the hell it was, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. you know, nobody wanted a bar of that, did they? You know, I mean, it just, I, I don't even know why sponsors think they can wreck these institutional names and it not have a negative impact on them, you know. I mean, surely they're sponsoring these races for positive feedback, you know, and to get some name awareness, but create a bit of goodwill. And when when the when they seem to be wrecking the program, they're not creating an awful lot of goodwill for me, anyway. For sure. I mean, I mean, there is a case to be made here that. 
and I, you know, I reply re- reply to Ian here with with this response in that I think if you sponsor a race for so long, you know, I ten years, let's say you have a a ten year association with a with a cut with a race, then I think that name then should be embedded in as a reward that you stuck with that race, you you, you sponsored that race as, as a company, that should be embedded in that race and then if if, if say bet 365 wants to come along or labbrooks want to come along it's got to have the so it could be the bet 365 whip red gold cup that that'd be my suggestion i think that you know it, it, it would work and like you say it adds that nostalgia for, for 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 the older punters just to remind them of like what a special race it is and 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 sadly as we go into tomorrow's race it's not the kind of special race it once was. I mean, I, I was looking at a post today by Joe Porter on on Twitter, and he and he, he does the newspaper cuttings of the past races, and I and I was looking at the uh, eighty nine Whitbread, uh, and I was like, this is incredible. Look at the lineup. You had Yahoo, uh, the Thinker, Charter Party, Bonanza Boy, Charter Party Gold Cup winner, the Thinker Gold Cup winner, Bonanza Boy Welsh National winner, Nupsala Gold Cup uh, Gold Cup winner. Or was it King George? No, gold, uh, King George winner. Uh, oh, Mr. Frisk, Grand, yeah. yeah, Mr. Frisk, uh, Grand National winner. West Tip, Grand National winner. Seagram, Grand National winner. Durham Edition, etc., etc., etc. It just absolutely incredible lineup. And you're thinking, why is it? Why is it, John? In your opinion, because I, I like your opinion on these sort of things. Why is it? Do you think that nowadays National Hunt in particular? Everyone avoids each other. The, you, you you never get like like big clashes like this anymore. <laughs> to me, they've all got it in their heads that you've only got a limited amount of mileage on these three-mile chassis, and they want everything to be a little noddle around apart from their big target days, you know. Um, and it it can't be the case because. It's been proven years ago that it's not the case. Yeah. So this idea, <laughs> spurious comparison here, I compare it with the use of hoods. Roger Varian decides he's going to give hoods a whirl. Next thing you know, because he's had a couple of winners, they're all at it. You know? Yeah. Now, Sometime between the late 50s, early 60s, everybody got rid of hoods. And you didn't see a hood on a house till the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, you know. And they, they, just, they are just sheep, aren't they? They just follow. And if, if somebody plunks something on one of them, they'll all give it a well, you know. And... They've like seen the success Henrietta and I every best mate with this scratchy little program every year. They've seen Willie Mullins with that thing that won two gold cups, you know, and oh, that must work, you know. And yeah, it works for them, but it's not necessarily the way forward for everybody else. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes you're dampening the competitive edge in these arses as well. And you know, if the only time they're ever involved in a bit of a scrap is on the big day, there must be a chance that they turn the doors up at it. You know, 
Well, I'm just, I mean, look at the number of runs in that 89 Whitbread that the horses have had that year. And if you compare it to like recent times, it's incredible. You, yeah. you, you basically got West Tip coming after a nine day absence um, after a win. Won nine days ago. Yeah, let's go put Whitbread. Um, not bothered. You know, the old West Tip, 12, year, 12 years old. Who cares? Come on, let's go for it. And I mean, I, I do think there's that element now, like you said, that a trainer will bring something in, like you said, like Best Mate, where it was like camping very sparingly for certain days. And then other trainers have thought, well, that's the way forward. Yet with certain horses, you just don't know that's the case at all because you're dealing with different different types of horses. Some some are fragile, I accept, um, but some will be tough as all boots and and will be ready to, uh, you know, keep going. I think there's very few top trainers now training them as individuals, you know, and uh, there's an awful lot, you know, it's like a, a factory approach to training. And yeah. uh, they're having the same work programmes, they're having the same spaces between the races, um, and trainers just don't seem to be going around the yards and casting their eyes over horses and saying it was ready for the run, it was who could really do with a run, you know, I mean, I, I don't get it, I don't. No, no, it's, it, like you say, it's, to me, it, it's, it's kind of like, you said, one trainer's doing it, so we, we think, yeah. right, we'll, we'll do the same thing, we'll, we'll plan targets, when in essence, yeah. there's no rule of thumb to say a national hunt horse can't run seven or eight times a season, no problem. Desert Orchid would mm. have plenty of runs and no problem and pop up and win a Victor Chandler and then, you know, pop up at Fairy House or pop up in Whitbread, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. I watched a video when, when, when Desert Orchid was pulled up in a Whitbread, you know, yeah. and Colin Brown, and it, I wonder if that's the key though. Right, nowadays, we're so intent on winning that Colin, when Colin Brown pulled Desert Orchid up in one of mm. Whitbreads, yeah. he wasn't far behind. He was yeah. literally about eight or nine lengths adrift. Yeah. But obviously, Colin knows the horse, so he probably just thought, we're not quite going here. So before he reached the the, the last of the railway, fe- uh, the, the, the start of the railway fences down the back for the final time, he just said, no, nah, it's not today, this. Yeah. And Maybe, maybe we should back trainers more that basically want, you know, want to run horses and just say, well, look, you know, it's a sea jockey. If the horse is going down the back, there's no point hitting it, you know, yeah. and beating the life out of it to finish third when <laughs> you could think, like, oh, it's just not quite feeling it today. Um, but anyway, that, that's how it was then, and this is how it is now, and I don't think it's for the better. No. Anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on to the next question. And it's from uh, Happy Hammer, Nick Davis. Uh, he's forever blowing bubbles. So is Michael Jackson. Um, and his question was, along the lines of what we're seeing now, has the definition of good to firm been altered to mean good? For example, all you have to do is take the readings from the Turf Tracks archive, and we see we now race on ground apparently softer. Um <laughs> than then so he said look at the descriptions from 2012 for example for the readings at Ascot and Epsom and Sandown and then compare them to the last two seasons and you will find a lot of the descriptions of the going do not match John Nick and myself were 
very heavily involved in uh, a little project on a Betfair farm around the 2012 term called Clarkwatch. And uh, we compiled a lot of data regarding um, stick rating set against going forecasts and reports. Um, basically, it came from our own records because the disparity between what was actually being forecast and reported set against stick ratings was enormous on some occasions. Um, it was where Kirkland, at ADOC, first got his Telron monitor. Um, and it was nothing back then for new market to be racing on 11.5. There's a stick rating. Um, now I think you, you would probably get more chance of seeing Halley's Comet than the 11.5 stick rating in your market. It's incredible. Uh, you know, uh, they've, they've embraced this theory that water in the ground is safe um, without actually putting the work in to find out because all their stats don't differentiate between injuries on good to firm ground and watered good to firm ground. So any injury picked up on either surface is classed as an injury on good to firm. Yeah. Water doesn't come into it. Same with good ground. Anything beyond that, obviously, probably hasn't been watered. So you're probably getting accurate stats on injuries then. But that will probably bear out as though it's safer ground, you know. Um, my, th my theory is a loose on top surface is far more likely to cause damage than well-routed firm ground. Um, but... We spent about five years on that project, and <clears throat> with the exception of the excellent Joe Lyons, we couldn't really get any trainers to listen to us, to get any kind of movement going that was going to alter things, sadly. Yeah, and I think, I think there's a case in point for that today. Um, <coughs> down. I mean, I suppose that everyone knows that... that that Sandown do have the mixed meeting in, 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 in the terms of the jump racing tomorrow. So obviously the, the ground is going to be sort of made safe for jumpers. And, but nevertheless, to give, give the ground out today at Sandown as good, good to firm in places, um, it's, it's rather astonishing, I feel, because if you look at the times today, absolutely, there's no good, good to firm in there. The, the times are genuinely good to soft. Um, times uh, that Palace Pier has run a the best time of the day and he's three and a half seconds slower than the standard do you, do you think there's a bit of scope for some fun and games tomorrow when Popeye walks the course comes back in and withdraws LTR and goes over to tell Lydia it's heavy again no it's heavy yeah, yeah. No, it's, no, 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 it, no, it's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's a ridiculous situation in a professional sport that we can't 
give accurate going readings for punters. It's just, I mean, I said good, good to firm in places. Well, I've seen Sandown when it's absolutely rattling quick, and and it's that was not rattling quick today. So, yeah, like I say it's it's there's annoying. No, and with with the gross profits today, Lily again, there's no incentive for racing to get it right. No. You know, no, it's sure. yet another glaring example of a sport that is desperate for its followers to get the trousers yanked down. Yeah. You know, which none of it adds up, you know, and none of it's sustainable, but they can't say that. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll go on like a, an NFL site or a NHL site, you know, I mean, you can find out everything about the players. Everything. You know, what the weight was the last time they played. Passing stats, everything, you know. Um, yeah. You go on the BHA site and they'll say the stewards are still considering how long Rab should get. <laughs> you know. Good, but, good, good, good time to move on then, on that, know. right? Yeah. <laughs> Right, so we, we've had, you know, talking about BHA stewards, um, JCC Punter says, uh, what do you think an appropriate punishment for Rab Havlin would be? And what 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 would, you know, I mean, did you see that ride, John, on, on, on Thursday, I think? Well, I think, I think he used the term ride in the loosest possible manner there. Uh, I, I, seen, I seen Rab sat on one. Um, and it seemed, it seemed to help him back to the weighing room. Uh, I, 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 I don't think even the kindest could call it a ride as such. Um, it, it was a, a pitiful effort from the saddle. One that I'm absolutely certain wouldn't be repeated had his stable not had the lady. You know, well, that's just my what, opinion. But uh, so, 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 what, what, what punishment would you, what, what punishment would you dish out, Rab? What, well, what, what would you do? Well, up until Rab announced he was going to appeal, I thought the, uh, I thought the punishment was just about appropriate. Twenty-one days he's got, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Once he decided to appeal. I think they should probably send him to the World Cup as a goodwill ambassador for racing <laughs> and send him one of these free lunches that Pele excels at getting himself invited to. Make sure Pele's up to the neck with his blow pills and uh, basically lock Rab in the room with Pele and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, let him have a good three, three or four hours with the former greatest footballer in the world, um, working his pills off. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> trying to, I, don't, I don't know if I should envisage that or not. Um, yeah. uh, some side that'd be. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean. You yeah. make him wear a T-shirt afterwards, couldn't you? <laughs> I mean, go, going back to the ride, I mean, I, I I was absolutely 
I, I was flabbergasted. I even commented on on Twitter, and I stated that it was as bad as, um, or, or sorry, not as bad, but getting there towards Ballinger Ridge, as in it's a shaped a result. Um, you know, it's a ba- it's a basically shaped. There's no way on earth that um, that horse would have lost had that been given a proper ride. And I suppose we can say that in many maiden races, etc. He, he's only pop, he's only slight risk of mitigation was the inexperience of his horse, and you can say he was trying to build eight bike. But even then, what he did in that last one and a half, two furlongs hasn't amounted to a handful of salt as a yard's educating it. No. I mean, do you know what I'm tired of? The rubbish. The absolute... I mean, is it... uh, Has he appealed it? Is he appealing? He was going to appeal it then on the recent post. Um, If he appeals, he's he's the biggest idiot I've ever seen. And I'm sorry, but People blow smoke up John Gosden, you know, like like Lydia Islop, um, you know, like ev- everybody loves a John Gosden, like eloquent speech, you know, speech. But on this occasion, I'm despite sorry, the but, fact most of it's absolute shit that he comes oh, out. Yeah. Absolutely, but but the point is that that. That shaped a result. You know, that was a, that wasn't one of these that's had a quiet ride and, and ran on and finished fourth. That was a ride where he could have won. And by the way, <laughs> I've got a little bit of info on this that that I'm not. I can't name names, obviously, but one of the riders in the race actually heard Rab say uh, or scream, uh, "Fucking keep that thing going," you know, like, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to Frankie, you yeah. know. So that. That's where we're at. You know, it's like, for whatever reason, whether Rabbit had a 10, 10 to win three, uh, uh, the winner, and, you know, we'll never know. But the, the fact is that anyone that says that that was, there's nothing to see here are just idiots, complete idiots. So I, I don't think 21 days is enough, to be honest, but anyway. Well, I mean, if, if you allow it to continue, we can have the game down the sink, you know. And... Personally, I do think if the trainer's representative says he was happy with the rat, there's a case for finding them as well. You know, yeah, because because sure. um, basically they're talking shit. You know, nobody's happy with that rat. How could you? Be? No. You know, no. and if, if the trainer, if the trainer is backing him over this and he's a blithering idiot. I mean, it wasn't even Anzanil, let's be fair. Yeah. He basically was, he was at pains to even go after us, sort of, you know, because he could see Frankie was stopping. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the difference. Uh, anyway, we'll move on. Um, oh, John Nolan says, John si- Siren Nolan says, he said it's a poor excuse from Havlin over that introductory ride why didn't he just tell the stewards he misjudged the pace and he was full of the marching powder like the other jockeys at Clarehaven <laughs> and uh, that brings me on to Benoit John what, 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 what do we think is going off at Clarehaven with all the tootin' flutes well once again you know I mean it 
it reflects so badly on the trainer who's worked on his PR the last 10 years, like no other trainer I've ever seen. I mean, I mean to me, it's one of the biggest con jobs ever anyway. Um, how he, uh, he's revered now because he talks very clearly and very astutely <laughs> and very loudly on occasion about how difficult the job is and how hard it is to get into these horses' minds. But this horse in particular has a good mind, and we seem to have got in tune with its cobblers. It's absolute cobblers, and people are fawning over it, you know? John Gosden, after that um, King George, where he was referring to Adam Kirby as boy, um, when there was one of Lady Bamford's had a particularly rough passage, that was his choke colours for me. You know, yeah. it's an attitude stuck in the 50s. You know, um, he, he likes the class structure in this country, he likes everything as it is, and you know, the boys that work in the yards for the likes of him are. I, I wouldn't like to think what he'd probably refer to punters as, you know. Um, and I think it's high time that pe- people woke up, you know. I mean, this Benoit, lad, you know, I mean, it was everybody blowing smoke up his ass over the Lincoln ride, you know. I mean, uh, the ghost of Paul Revere could have probably won on it. Uh, as will be pro further down the line when it runs to about 118 somewhere, you know. Um, and then there was a, the hate campaign where jealous people had posted this video of him standing garping at somebody chopping a line up. Well, he was probably garping, wondering how much of it was for him. <laughs> you know? Um, Absolutely scandalous, you know, and I mean, he sat back and let people speak up for him, you know, I mean, anybody that's a bit switched on would have gone around his closed circle and said, look, just keep your head down because I'm going to get done for this, you know, because there's testing, you know, and he's going to get tested, he's going to show up, so what in the world possessed him to let everybody just speak up for him like they did, um, he's beyond belief. They all, they all look fools now, you know. Well, I think that's it. I think, I think it wouldn't have been so bad if he'd have just come clean and said, yeah, yeah, I were doing that and I'll, I, I must stop doing that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then when you say make excuses and then, you know, you get, you get tested positive, you kind of, you know, you're just not helping yourself. But, I, 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 the thing is, I don't know how, how does insurance stand, like in terms of like race riding. If you if you if you if you if you kill someone race riding, or it's your fault, uh, coked up, how would that work, do you reckon? We might have to ask you both. <laughs> um. I mean, this, this, this is this is the thing. Like, if if you right, if you, if you kill somebody in a car. Like drug yeah. driving or, or, or drug driving, um, you know, you you're gonna do time. Yeah. 
So my point is, if this if this happens on a race course where basically a rider is tested afterwards, uh, which they're not going to do, they're going to test them before, which I suppose is, is a sensible thing to do. But the, the the point is, when the testers aren't there that day, I I, I don't I don't know. I, I, well, you, you can't do it, can you? Because the thing is, you'd never know. You'd never know that if the, if you're not testing them at the start, if you test them at the start, they can't ride. They get banned. Yeah. So that's the way forward. But but I mean, what do you what do you reckon to the BHA with the uh, with the testing for the uh, hair samples? Do, do all new market jockeys shave and become Buddhists? Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise you, would it, if they were working around like a set of smelter bars? Like um, Tibetan monks. Yeah. Tibet. I mean, the Tibetan monk look now in Newmarket must go down well right now because basically the BHM, what do you do? You know, pat them on the head, you know. <laughs> every every pub must, in Newmarket must think it's got a hole in the roof and it's snowing in. Yeah. You know, um, it's a massive problem in the sport and it, it needs addressing. It, it doesn't need ignoring our brushing under the carpet, which the BHA so does at, you know, uh, it, it really does need addressing and addressing with some hard and sharp action, you know, they need some of these people out the spot, double quick, you yeah. know, show sure real intent, because as I say, the, the give or uh, hearing is going to be fascinating. Because even though there's like no question to give or brain on anything or whatever, you know, as far as I'm aware, they would they would test it clear for anything when there was that accident. Um, as regards liability, it, it is going to be fascinating, you know. I mean, it, it, it could ruin the sport, to be honest. Um, mm, I still think he's 33s. Is 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 Ironside? On he, I I agree. I, I hope he is. You know, because re- really, I mean, we're on very dodgy ground if he gets twenty quid out of it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Anyway, we shall move on to some tips, which I'm sure that's what you've come for because it's great. You can go on Betfair and press pink. Um, we've got. We start off with the King Richard the Third, John. In the two, that's the two ten at Leicester over seven furlongs. Non-runner is Lord Campari of Roger Varians. That was the original favourite. Pogo is favourite for Charlie Hills at risk five to four. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just wondering if uh, Mr. Variable's taken that out on account of the uh, going forecast. Um, because I, oh, it's heavy. It's heavy. Well, yeah, the town suggests otherwise, Nicky, but, you know, <laughs> let's have a look about it. Um, I, to, be, to be honest with you, I think this race is a bit of a mess. And while the, there could be three people playing jockeys here, and there could be one lad getting on with it, and you know who I'm referring to, um, it's old Pinglegate Sill. And uh, I, I tend to think that Sill could uh, lead him a merry dance here. The gate jockey. The gate jockey. 
Um, what price is that currently? I shall find out. Four to one, John Four to one. Shine so bright for John. Uh, Sylvester Souza, Andrew Balding. Um, seven films will suit. Uh, Pergo, like I say, he's five to four market leader. Um, I'm going to abstain from betting because I actually think the market is about right. Um, I do. I, I, I do like Pergo as a horse, but five to four, it's very boring. Mum's Mum's he's in great form, but has the penalty, has the penalties carried. Not easy giving three pounds away when you when you're worse off. So in a handicap. Has he ever run any kind of race for somebody other than Ryan Miller? Good point. Fair point. Fair point. You got the seemingly out of sorts Pete Le Bon uh, with Holly Doyle up, and if I have a slight criticism of Holly Doyle, I think she sometimes struggle to settle these bigger long striding types. It got absolutely stuffed um, for Sean Levy to be fair by Cousin last time. So yeah. yeah, you make a fair point. Right, so John's selection is Shine So Bright with SDS in the saddle at around the 4-1 to mark. Uh, System bet is abstaining, as usual, total fence-sitter. I'd be all right working alongside Keir Starmer. We go to the 250 at Haydock, which is the other TV race. Yeah, so much of a socialist for Keir Starmer. (laughs) Don't know about that. Seven furlongs, four-year-olds plus handicap. And 13 goes first, and the favourite is Dream Loper at 7-2 to two for Dead Walker and Pat Dobbs. John, any view here? This is a horrible race, isn't it, really? I mean, seven uh, you know, um, on the ground here is the stuff of nightmares as regards draw, pace. Uh, Dream Loper's at least got a decent draw. Um Pat Dobbs wouldn't be the worst jockey in this. Um, he's up six for his last win. Um, he sometimes can't be the quickest away, which, let's be fair, it'd probably see him bait around here if he doesn't get away. Yep. Um, the one I'd be inclined to give a bit of a whirl at would be the David Barron horse, another Pat. Um, like a lot of his, I think it was a bit out of sorts last year. Um, it did it did show something first time up, however. So going with that pattern and thinking, well, this horse can do all right. He's a pound higher than he was that day. Uh, I'd probably expect some sort of performance from that out of five pops. Yeah, for sure. Um, another, I mean, another back for David Barron, price around 11 to 1 mark. David Barron wasn't in the best best form last season. Um, however, <coughs> I've got something for you in this. Um, the Rafe Beckett trained Fox champion. Right. Now, you'll notice that it's the first time trainer change from Hannon the Cannon uh, to Ralph Rafe, Ralph Rafe. And also, Mr. Beckett managed to improve another one of King Powers, Fox Duty Free, last year yes, uh, immensely. 
And I just think this could be another 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 case of that. If you look at Fox Power, uh, uh, yes, uh, Fox Champion. Sorry, there's not many foxes. Fox Champion. Um, he's he's basically a group performer or was a group performer uh, racing in the in the mid mid hundred tens, whatever. And he's lost the enthusiasm for the game. Uh, completely no good. He's been gelded to 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 Rafe Ralph of ninety five trap one. Seven furlongs here, up. This could be, you know, I mean, this this literally could be the, the you know, the, the making of him and and getting back on track. And but he has been backed. I mean, twelve to one he was anti per six to one now. So I'm a bit luke, more lukewarm than I was. But I would still recommend you look closely, listeners, at Fox Champion. So Fox Champion, for, yeah, Fox Champion for me. Another bat for John in the two fifty haddock. So we now go to the Sandown Racers, which is the Bet365 sponsored meeting. And we start the card with the 155 race, which is the Bet365 Novices Championship final. And we've got a heavily, heavily back favourite, much to my disappointment, in Royaume Uni of Gary Moore. John? Why is that much to your disappointment, Lee? Were you going to get stuck in? Well, he was 12 the other day and I was balls deep. Right. But, but but nine to two now, it's kind of it's called me to tears. Yeah. Um the, the one I, I, I liked was on victory. I think the horse still has potential of one two seven. Um I'm not entirely convinced with his jumping in bigger fails at pace. But I think it's slowly coming together. It's maybe a bit late for a seven year old, you know what I mean? But I, I, I have seen signs of progress this year, um, and given this platform, I think one two seven probably underestimates the horse a bit. He's definitely got more ability than that. Um, now, whether he can actually land one of these, I don't know, but I, I think if he's going to, it, it should be about now on um, what you might class as good to soft flat ground which ought to suit and uh, a race that should be run at a nice pace for him. Yes, for Alan King Kong um, in the Henry Ponsonby uh, colours, beat Ernesto last time out and went a well-backed favourite, 10 to 11. I mean, given Alan King's record on the flat these days, he'll probably go and win the Hardwick with it or something like that. Yep. Um, listeners, then, it'd be no surprise to know then that, that my selection is Royal Mooney, and I'm very disappointed because this horse, um, uh, if you've got racing purse and you watch the videos, just watch the run at Kempton on the 20th of March and just start laughing your head off. Um, the horse was then brought out very quickly, eight days, and I thought ran a bit flat and got no sort of ride, really. Josh Moore went down the inside. Uh, got got hampered, stopped, you know, blah, blah, blah. Didn't finish off with much verve, and maybe the run just, just came that bit too quick. But to say that the horse now is 9-2 to two after being 12 two days ago, um, I'm absolutely miffed. Because if you look at Ryan Uni as a horse on the flat, he's rated, what's he rated? He's rated, um, well, uh, he's decent. He's decent on the flat. Um, and I just feel well. He won a Lingfield handicap easily, eight to thirteen off seventy nine. Um, mm. He's rated eight, 
he's rated 87 on the flat and he's got a rating of 116 over hurdles. I mean, it's just, it's a joke. I, I think if that horse shows his race, I think I think he wins, but the price is, uh, has really put me off, which is disappointing. So we move to the 2.30 at Sandown. It's the uh, Bet365 Oaksy Chase, and it's a big chance for ITV to have their Bryony Frost loving John. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably in a minority on this, but I'm absolutely thoroughly sick of the Bryony Frost show. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, with a hideous video doing the rounds on Twitter where you could listen to Bryony talking to Frodo during the World Cup. I mean, you can go down to any pony club in the country and listen to a last talking to a horse. You know, I, I, I don't get it, you know. I, I think the fact that Blackmore's had such a good season might just piddle on their chips a bit with this now and the, they might be sat down in a production meeting thinking, well, we need to drop Brian now because our darling Rachel is so much more an accomplished jockey and has achieved so much more. It's just going to start making look a bit silly, really, pushing this all the time. Also, I think Frodon's had some proper hard races this year, whereas Mr. Fisher's shit jumping has enabled him a quite light season. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he's only gone about halfway into one year, hasn't he? So, um, I think if um, the grossly overrated Nico can get this one over the railway fences, we, we might just have a, a little mini shock. You know? Yes, it, it's an abstain race for me. I mean, I mean, Mr. Fisher, the light conditions. I think it's one of them, really. It's whatever, a typical sandown, whatever gets in a rhythm, probably throw it on and probably be, a, be an ITV love fest. Um, you know, they'll probably do some promo before the race and, you know, sicken everybody off and sicken everybody off afterwards. Uh, but yeah, that's let, what I can see. Let the dog in for 10 minutes. I think so. I think it's time for Pate on toast. Pate out and the fridge. And yeah. uh, room temperature. Some Ardennes. Ardennes Pate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of texture. Yeah. 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 Give Digby a treat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so that's what me and John recommend. That's the bar steward's nap. Ardennes Pate on toast for uh, Frodon's race. We move on to the 305 at Sandown, which is the Bet365 celebration chase. We're all celebrating this chase. And Altio, a little bit of money overnight, and is now joint favourites with the mayor. Put the cattle on, John, around the 94 mark. What's your view here? Please, please let him run and win. Um, <laughs> I, I want the showdown with him and Lid. Um She's not going to let that go, what, it, what he said in the racing post about some people getting on his nerves. So there's going to be a bit of afters on this, I think. So I, I want it to run and win. Because I think she'll have a little sniff at him. And by three or five, I think Popeye might just be in enough of an emotional state to cut loose as well. So <laughs> There could be a golden TV moment after the race. 
Um, I mean, even if it didn't win and he was coming on to announce oh, his retirement, you know, I think Lids might still have a little nip about that heavy ground crack. So I'm, uh, I, I, I'm more interested in the RTV coverage of this race than the possible outcome because I don't think the market's just about got this blob on, really. Yep. Again, I'm going to moan because my auntie purse uh, fancy was so royal at the four to one mark. It was nine or two. I'm thinking, you know, that's not bad on Thursday when, when you know, the, the decks came out. And I'm thinking that's not bad at all. Four to one, nine or two. Yeah, I'm going with that. Unlucky in the champion chase, got broadsided, a consistent horse, deserves to win and deserves to win something like this. Um, and that was going to be my choice at around four to one ninety two. Now five to two. Thanks, thanks everyone. Um, so yeah, yet again, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit the race out. I mean, the only thing only thing I'll say is, why has he gone for the cheap pieces, John? Do you think? Because the horse is had enough. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. The horse is absolutely. He hasn't raced with any enthusiasm for three. Yeah, has he? You know. And I reckon he's. I reckon he. I reckon now. He he's more bored than than Derek Chauvin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's not much upside, is there? No. Uh, So I mean, this is how I say Altio. I mean. I, I, like I, I can't have it. I can't have it. So I think I think basically that that's my that's my bar steward. I'd love him to I, win tomorrow because I say I, I want to say some afters in the interview. But yeah. if I was pressed for an honest, genuine opinion, I could see him being pulled up round about near the railway fences. Yeah, I think that an interesting race. The end. Yeah. So we go to the, the finale of, of the ITV coverage, which is the 340 at Sandown. It is the Whitbread Gold Cup. Um, and the favourite... Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is just incredible. Uh, the favourite is Plan of Attack. Henry de Bromhead at 9-2, to two, John. Well, it's our darling Rachel once again, isn't it? And... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, who, who can stop her? You know, I mean, she's she, she's worse than the Daleks. Yes, isn't she? You know, I mean, that's it. Even the sirens can't stop her. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that's John Nolan. John Nolan uh, has bought something for his car, and he's driving past he's your just window. driving up and down outside my house. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, yeah, I mean. It's nine to two, but you know it's De Brom, De Brom, De Bromhead, and De Blackmore, and you know who really would fancy us beating them? Yeah, you know, I certainly wouldn't. Um, well, I've got two at long prices um, that I think make you run for your money. Uh, I think the young master. Uh, 12 years old now, but he's got a good claim run, £5. Um, he's, he, he likes a good scamp around here on goodish ground. It's, his mark is in the net 130s, who the kids claim. 
So unless he's dead, you'd hope to see some sort of performance and you'd expect him to go lower than 20,000 running. And the other one I was interested in was Larry of uh, the Jellydale Mobs. Uh, he's got good farm around here on good ground. And uh, he probably can't win, but he's well overpriced, you know. I mean, have a few quid at 33 plus and get the hell out of Dodge at 16, you know, and have a bit of fun. Interesting selections, John with Larry at 33s and the Young Master at 25s for Neil Mulholland. Second off the window with the useful conditional Kevin Brogan taking off the five. I'm disappointed yet again. Plan of attack, John, was eight plus all week, and it's yeah. now nine to two. What are, what are they doing to us? I mean, I mean, I, I, I've I've got an I've got an array of selections. I've done my work. I've done my planning, and I've come to the show, and I'm and I'm offering nothing to listeners. It's a disgrace. I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> eight to one to nine to two. I mean, plan of attack is the selection, and that's what I think. You know, but is he value now at nine to two? No. Not at all. So he, he was at eight, and I, and, I, and I got ready to tip him, and I, and I feel sorry for listeners listening to me this show because all I've done is moan about price cuts, but sadly, all my selections that I had for this year have been cut. So there we go. John, you can rescue this terrible show by, um, by giving us a, a, a Saturday nap. I'm sure you've got one. I know you are. Right. Um, well, I've got the tracker off um, that I highlighted last week on um, the Sunday sermon. Um, Bozon um, came there to win his race at Beverly. Lack of <laughs> hard fitness told, really. Um, and he fell apart a bit in the last 100 yards. I think he traded very short. Um, but for me, it was far and away the nicest type in that race. Far and away. Um, I'm not thrilled they've gone to Ripon because I'd, I'd love to have seen him on a flat track. If they'd gone somewhere like Donnie or Redcher, I'd have absolutely gone to jail for this in, in this kind of race, you know. Um, the opposition doesn't look great at all. Two of the ones, more than fair, I would have said. Uh, he's got the rail. He's got David Nolan who knows how to ride Ripon. Um, I, I don't see a lot of problems here, to be honest. You got another one from the Almeida Stable. In there, uh, you got a Carl Burkos, he's attempting to need a run. Mm. Um, Alaskan Joel, the favourite, didn't really convince me. It should be a favourite with the run at New, uh, Newcastle. It was handy, also fairly modest, modest pace. It was 25 to 1 that day, so I mean, they didn't think that much of it. Mm. Um, and the Kevin Ryan thing looked to. <laughs> Part of Mintz, really, and, and Debbie Ellen. I know it was right in favourite, but I wasn't inclined to give her another chance. Uh, can, especially now until we sent Tom on. 
Can I give you a stat that might might make you have a few quid on? Yeah. The mother, Pepper Lane, yeah. won four times won four times at Ripon. Oh well that's how I even so the mother loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved the place. Pepper Lane. Yeah, four times winner at Ripon. I, oh, I remember those actually. Yeah. I believe I could be wrong on this. I might be wrong on this, but what was Pepper Lane owned by? Who was Pepper Lane owned by? It was uh, David Armstrong. It's not listed here in the uh, racing post. But the colours are blue and pink stripes with low sleeves. Uh, um, Lynn Lumley and Jay Nicholson. David Armstrong yeah, initially the owned it. In, initially, yeah. And um, David O'Meara trained it. Yeah. So there you go, folks. I mean, Burzon has got an all-weather pedigree. It's by Brazen Burr out of an exceeding XL mare, which normally everyone's saying all-weather, all-weather. But Pepper Lane, the mum, won four races at Ripon from her sixth win. So she loved Ripon. That's the mum. So I wonder if that rubs off on Burzon, which showed a lot of ability on, on debut at Beverly. So that's John's Saturday banker and his horse to follow last week on the sermon at two to one um, at the two, in the 205 at Ripon. I'm sorry we couldn't really give you a lot more ammo for this weekend, but the price cut... Price is key. We can't just back horses at any price. It's one of those weekends where everything's just been cut. Um, it's probably you lot. Um, so I'll blame you lot for cutting prices. But that's all from me and John this week. We're back on Sunday with a sermon. We'll be discussing topics of the week um, and giving a good rant and basically making it a really fun show. And any questions, as always, please get them in because it's really fun to have your questions. And if possible, we'll even ridicule you on the show that's all from me and john tonight we hope you have a fantastic betting day on saturday bye for now